Hey there, this is Jason and Paul, and we encourage you to follow us on Instagram at stateofloveandtrust underscore pod, where we can continue the conversation with you. Thanks for listening. And now, let's get to the show. Welcome, everyone, back to another episode of The State of Love and Trust, the Pearl Jam podcast. I'm one of your two hosts, Jason Carapesi, and I'm alongside my good friend, my good pal, my better half, who's not my wife. Paul Gilliary. There he is. And uh, he is. We're not alone tonight, though. We are not. This is a um, it's you could call it a thruple plus two or three. This is a keys party. Okay, I'm going off the rails. (laughs) We've got Sergio. We've got Gabrielle Z and Luis Caetano from Black Circle here and from Touring Fan Live, Anthony Krisowitz. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? What's up, my guys? Great to be here again. I love that we're spanning the globe right now, the Western Hemisphere. We've got Los Angeles, California. We've got fucking who knows where, Virginia and Rio de Janeiro. (laughs) Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Where, Where can you tell us where you are in Virginia, Anthony? Sure. So I am in the Charlottesville area. So I'm in the backwoods of Charlottesville, Virginia. It looks lovely. It is lovely out here. Very tranquil. I went it out is- there about a year and a half ago, Anthony. We, we did uh, Richmond, Virginia Beach, and uh, Williamsburg. Yeah, it's, it's, that's that's more of the west, like the right. east, the east, east, the southeast. But, you yeah, know, we're the more central, the central area. So got it. Go Cavs, right? That's right. <laughs> <I don't care. laughs> Fighting Cavaliers. Uh, so here we are. Why are we together? Well, black circle, we just like to hang out, but Anthony, <laughs> you've got something coming up that we're going to, we're going to build to, but right off the bat, I want to, I want to get it be known. And that is that you have a fundraiser coming up this coming Saturday, April 24th. It's a fundraiser for, I believe Parkinson's. Am I wrong? That is correct. The American Parkinson's disease association. And can you tell us some of the some of the folks who are going to be on this lovely fundraising show. Sure. So the event happening on Saturday um, is going to have Candlebox. Uh, Kevin Martin from Candlebox is performing. Uh, the Copper Trees will be performing. Uh, Stereo Embers, Tyler Ramsey, um, Jackson Pines, Paul in the Tall Trees, Carrie Ockrey, Richard Stuverud, Rob Benson, uh, which he just announced last night, which was a big announcement um, that... Um, the uh, electric company, which has been broken up for 18 years, is reuniting for this event, which wow. is a big Seattle band. Um, we have uh, Last Night's Villains. We have The Mums, Paul Wirt, and I'm probably forgetting one or two. Um, but it's, it's yeah, we have quite a few acts um, coming all the way from local artists from Virginia to national acts uh, across the globe. And Black Circle um, is one of the ones being on the show um, and being on this show that are coming on as well. I was going to say, you're, I feel like you're leaving out the guys who are <laughs> facing you right now. Yeah. Well, well, what an exciting uh, assembly of fantastic musicians. I'm really excited for this. Now, I want to ask you real quick before we kind of dive into, um, you know, your whole show is about touring and celebration of music. So uh, before we get there, I want to ask, um, you know, how did you come to make this fundraiser? Why, why is it something that personal happened to you? Is it something... You know, you, you do know somebody who this has been afflicted to. How did it all come about? Sure. So in t- um, I have an aunt um, that I look up to like a mother figure um, who lives on Long Island. Um, and in 2019, it was brought to my aunt. She had Parkinson's. 
Um, I didn't really understand it because it's not a it's not something that's very popularly known or it's not something that's talked about often. Um, and unfortunately, it's just taken over our life um, in a negative way. And the more I learned about it, the more that I come to understand what Parkinson's was and how it affects people and how it can totally destroy someone's life. Um, you know, it, it made me just kind of research a little more. And I found that, unfortunately, insurance companies find these loopholes, uh, and especially with Parkinson's and probably many other things, that they just don't cover anything. Um, because with Parkinson's, it is that most of, there's no cures, there's no medicines that can uh, do anything for it. And because of that, everything's considered an experimental. And if it's experimental, insurance companies uncover it. So you have to pay for it out of pocket. And these things can cost, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. So um, that is why, um, you know, having this affect my aunt and, um, you know, I wanted to raise money uh, in honor of her. Um, and music affecting her, like, you know, music kind of brings her back to life, you know, and music is something that's very therapeutic to me and it's why I do the things I do. Uh, I wanted to kind of bring those together, um, to create this event in, in honor of her. That's awesome. Um, and again, uh, we're going to say it a bunch of times in this show, but, uh, this Saturday, the 24th Facebook live, correct? Are we just searching correct. a touring fan live Facebook page? Correct. It'll be one. It'll be on if the touring fan live at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time um, on our on our Facebook page. Outstanding. And you know, to your to your point, you you mentioned it. You know, touring and music and celebrating music and using music as a way to um, I don't want to say further an agenda, but it kind of is. We can use it as a platform, right? And I, I think that comes along with touring. And touring has been something that obviously has not happened for the for the last 13, 14 months. Um, Touring or playing, you know, attending live concerts is something that we all love. And as music fans, and obviously as Pearl Jam fans, especially, you know, we just we we, we are dying to not have that. We're dying not having this. Um, for the guys in Black Circle, I know that you know it's your livelihood, and times are incredibly tough for bands like yours. You found a way, a very creative way, to push through this in some capacity with your live streams. You had another one just a couple of days ago honoring. A lot of Seattle bands. I know uh, uh, you guys played River, River of Deceit, which I was very excited about. Oh, yeah, I love that mad season. So good. Cut. Um, it was fantastic. So let me start with you guys here on, on some of these questions. And, you know, how has not being able to tour for the last almost you know, a little over a year now, how has that affected you guys functioning as a band and then individually? Oh, can I take this? Go ahead. Go ahead, bro. Uh, it's very difficult because we have uh, we, we at, at, at a first glance, we didn't uh, know the the size of the problem that we would be facing uh, because everything was very confusing. Uh, and we do have uh, we do had a, a, a live stream setup uh, which had nothing to do with the quarantine. It would it was set up the last. Uh, at the end of uh, 2019, that was the Zoe show or first live stream of 2020. Uh, so um, after a while, when we we realized that we won't play live for so long, uh, would we would uh, start we we started to to discuss um, in which ways we could. Um, maintain the live stream thing uh viable feasible and 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 
uh, as a, a way of uh, have have some income for the band. So it was it was a, 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 at at some moments we we were very uh, confused and and with lots of opinions that that were based only on intuition because uh, we don't don't we didn't know knew much about COVID that that time. But I think we have uh, over overcome this with uh, with the, with some ease. Anthony, I wanted to ask you, um, you know, you celebrate the concept of live music. That's that's essentially the premise for for your show and, and traveling to experience it as well. What do you make of the last year and how bands like Black Circle have had to adapt? Well, it's interesting. So the, the, the concept behind the touring fan live, it is I want it to be incorporated as it's you, it's me, it's people that follow music and art or anything in general that they love, that they follow, that, you know, that incorporates a community. And it's interesting interviewing some of the artists I have over the last two years um, that have had basically everything put on hold financially and how they had to restructure how they handle things to be able to, you know, financially support themselves. Because, you know, the big thing too is, you know, in the United States in general, you know, there wasn't support for musicians or artists to have, um, you know, um, funding come their way to support them. So for them to kind of have to shift to do kind of very extremely similar to Black Circle, where having to do live stream events like Pete Yorn did or um, Band of Horses is doing to kind of, you know, offset financial differences. But you know, for the this podcast in general, talking about Pearl Jam, I mean, you know, think of how it affects them as Gigaton is going on into your anniversary, never hearing any of that music. You know, what's the relevance of that music being hit for the first time when it's been a year and a half, two years old? Like, how does that, you know, because we've never had that before. How does that hit us as the listener and the, the, the fan of the band? So, you know, it's a struggle for a lot of these people that have been holding on to music as well, because as new music is coming out, it's coming kind of out slowly and kind of sporadically because people are holding on to it because they're waiting for that ability to go tour with it because typically bands put out new music and then they tour. So we're seeing this different wave of how bands are handling the situation. And it's and as consumers, it's kind of different for us. And we have to kind of find that middle ground of how to support them. You know, and it's, it's just been, it's been interesting. And I, you know, it's, it's, you know, we, we're all, we all are having our moments of struggle these last year and a half. Um, and it's just, how do we support people? You know, for me in general, I've, I've definitely purchased a lot more band shirts in the last year and a half. My wife mm. can contest, can attest to that, um, to just kind of support artists and, and how they can do things. And, you know, it's, listen, I, and I've said this a million times on my show, it's, you know, I right now would be willing to pay to listen to an old man with a chainsaw slamming on a, you know, on a metal trash can because I just missed that live experience. So you've seen you know, sugar is what you're saying. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I just, I miss it, you know, and it, and the thing too is, you know, and you, and people listening to this, I'm, you know, the show, I'm pretty sure will agree with this. And this is what a touring fan is, is like, you know, I've seen Pearl Jam a lot. The reason I see still see them is not just for the music. It's to go see my friends that I don't see very often. I mean, you know, 90% of my closest friends I've met because of touring to go see Pearl Jam. Mm. And they're from all around the world. And I basically schedule my, my life around going to see those friends through the ability to go see Pearl Jam. And not having that and only being able to talk to them over the phone, because some of them live overseas in different states and different countries, it's difficult. So it's all about adjusting. But it also, I think, um, you know, for all of us that haven't seen a concert in so long, to think that 
sooner than later we're going to get that. Think how exciting it's going to be as a, as a, as the consumer and even as the band for the first Pearl Jam show to hear the first notes of them on stage. For the, it's been it's going to be because think about it it's going to be a thousand days that Pearl Jam hasn't played this May thirtieth. Wow! So think about it a thousand days. What's going to be the month. What's going to be the first song they play? Everybody around the horn. What do you think it's going to be? Release. I think you're right. Go, go. I think it's Dirty Frank. <laughs> Sergio. Release to Gabrielle. I thought Oceans. Oceans. Luis. Yeah. Um, maybe Even Flow. Even coming Flow. Up, opening coming even up flow. strong. Yeah, okay. All right. Uh, Anthony, you bring up, um, I mean, you brought up a lot of things that I kind of want to go down those uh, those roads. Uh, talking about Gigaton and not having ever heard anything from it. The first live uh we uh, you know gigaton song we ever heard was these guys that are in this chat with us black circle and and to many people who didn't who had never heard of black circle it was the first time they ever knew who this band was uh and and i will raise my hand that it was and i I saw this video and i i've said it before i i sent the video to paul i said this is how this song song should sound not how songs on the record and i'm very excited by that and then I went back down a YouTube rabbit hole and watched all the other songs. I go, holy shit. But to your point about community, you know, the last time I went to a show, I met a couple, a couple from, uh, from uh, Australia, still friends with them on Instagram, on Facebook. We communicate all the time. Actually, they're helping me uh, get a gaggle of people together to do like an Australia fans show that we're going to do in a little while. Um, but to Black Circle and you guys, I'm talking to you guys specifically. Uh, there is a community. Obviously, there's a community. It, it's it's on the Facebook group. It's on it's us just texting on, on our phones just at four in the morning sometimes. Sergio, why are you awake? I don't know. Um, <laughs> it, it's uh, it's on the live streams in the chat window and, and seeing like people like Krista just like just flood the whole show with like requests and, and making sure everyone knows when things are happening. How do you guys feel about that? Because even though without you don't have the the true live experience. I think you guys have like, have like one actual real show, right? Aside from the live streams. And I'll, I'll start, at least we'll start with you. How, how has this last 14, 15 months of live streams and, and accruing a new community through this digital environment been? Honestly, this is what saved us. And, and I can speak like for the band and for myself, because in one hand, we, we, we weren't able to do what we, we used to do. But in the other hand, we were starting to, to build something from, from a completely new situation, you know, and all of a sudden we had people from all over the world becoming friends and getting in touch more and more with each other with something that started in, in one of our live streams or in one of our Facebook pages or, or WhatsApp groups or whatever, you know, and uh to me, it's the it's the best feeling ever um, to have these people coming together and uh, and making it something way bigger than just the band. This is this is what this is what um, how can I say this? This is what makes me want to keep playing music. You know, Gabriel, what do you think? You're a very stoic man. You always sit right there next to Nick. I hear you singing backup vocals beautifully. You're just sitting there like a fucking shaman on the bass. 
you know, <laughs> give, give me your thoughts. You know, sometimes uh, I, I think I, I have certain different experience over this year playing uh, uh, mostly once a month, I guess. And I had some experience like staying online a lot right before the show and watching the show with everyone. And then also try a day like like a day off, you know, just like with the guys there. And, and when I see there's just cameras there and it's like a completely different vibe. But there's all the, you know, we have a, a screen and a teleprompter there. You, we can chat with everyone. And with all those experiences, I think that it's, it's really different, you know, from a live stage. Sometimes you like you end on you just ended a song and there's nothing happens. Just very quiet. It's really strange that That's so weird, isn't it? To not have so, the reaction. <laughs> yeah, not having any reaction. And sometimes we, we just cheer ourselves up. <laughs> no someone we Good we, job, Lenny. Good yeah. singing. <laughs> it's like a woo and, and that's it and, love the vibrato you know, Sergio well done sir <laughs> it's a, a really different experience but you, you know anyways we feel the, the warm and, and there's a big difference we can see everyone chatting and, and helping each other and then everybody's there and everybody can see what's happening and talking to each other and there's like the small, small groups of course, we have the inside the circle, so we see people chatting over there. And, yeah, and, plug that real quick, the, by the way. Your 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 fan club. Yeah, yeah, we have a, a fan club called Inside the Circle. We have a monthly subscription, so everybody uh, international wise talking like uh, United States, London, etc. Et uh, you can choose like one song for or on demand for the next show each month if you keep that subscription i don't i believe it's like uh ten dollars five dollars i don't remember Sergio. Sergio, yeah yeah for for ten dollars a month you can uh be part of the telegram group where we chat all day long and it's very funny <laughs> and we have some some uh you know what's some... funny when he tells you it's funny <laughs> <laughs> And you and you got and you got some exclusive content videos that 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 aren't there there are exclusive for the the sub the subscribers, um, and you can and you're able to see the whole uh, past shows because we we take it off yeah. uh, we we put it on private after some after a week or so after the the show. So there are lots of funny things and you, you're helping the band monthly. So that's uh, uh, one way that you can help us making our work go ahead. And everybody should continue doing that because you guys do great work. Hey, Anthony, let me ask you a question. You've seen a lot of shows. Um, do you think that the way we are used to seeing live music will never be the same? I mean, the types of live stream performances that we're getting that could continually be a source of income for bands moving forward, even when they're able to go touring. So I'm curious if you think that the, 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 the way we view music live moving forward will forever be altered. 
Well, sure. I mean, you know, you can play virtual reality video games right now and not go on a roller coaster and be satisfied right now. But when you're able to go on a roller coaster, you're going to want to go on a roller coaster. And that's the same thing with a live stream as it is in going to a concert. Just like the Black Circle was saying just a few minutes ago, it's weird for them because they're not getting the feedback from the audience. Think how different Black Circle is going to be performing in front of a live audience and getting that feedback from them. Think of how much more turned on they're going to be where they're going to be able to play the, the, the guitar solos the bass solos, the, the drum solos, the, the way Lenny's going to play, the, all those things are going to be dynamically different because music is based off of interaction experiences and how people feed off each other. The best live shows you're going to be to be, are going to be at a lot of times you're going to say, Hey, the audience was amazing. It was, Hey, the audience around me was just as good as the band. It's all about that. And that's, and that's what makes it exciting. Is music going to be different? I think so. I think this year, I think the first couple of concerts are going to be weird and, and different. I think the first Pearl Jam show um, in New Jersey in September is going to be weird. Um, I think that the first Pearl Jam shows they do on their own are going to be weird. But I think give it time, give vaccinations a chance and let things clear up. I mean, I, you know, it's going to take time. But I don't, th you know, and there might be some people that feel comfortable just watching live streams. And I do think that's I do think we are not far off from having it, you know, as crazy as we are as Pearl Jam fans, where if Pearl Jam offered $50 a show for you to watch the live show at home, um, how many people would pay for that? A ton. Um, I don't think we're far from that, but I think for most people right now, you're going to want to see that live experience. And I think that the bands are going to want it just as much as the fans. And it's going to take time, but in the beginning, it's going to be weird. And it's just about us having to adjust and get used to it. You bring up a good point. Uh, I had a little bullet point note for myself to remind remind myself to say this question, which was, you know, what if Pearl Jam, uh, on top of charging for like, let's say bootlegs, ten dollars a bootleg, whatever it is, um, for 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 actually watching it live, video wise, what if they charge, you know, ten, fifteen, twenty five, I don't know what whatever the number is, to watch a live feed of the show, in addition to being able to, being able to go to it, like would that cut into ticket sales? I mean, I, I wouldn't, they would only cut in for the shows that I physically couldn't go to, I think. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious how that would affect business models of bands that maybe aren't as big as Pearl Jam. So for example, if, you know, there's a lot of overhead here, but what if a band like Black Circle starts touring again? Well, they will start touring again. If I could get a live feed of that, I will throw you money. So like figure out how to, how to film your show, give me the soundboard and I'm there, you know? So like the fact that you guys have so many fans now from, uh, from outside of South America, obviously uh, uh, many of them here in the United States, uh, you know, it's going to take a little bit. There's visas, there's money, there's a whole bunch of hurdles to getting to tour uh, places like the U S and, and Europe and, and stuff like that. But before that happens, and you can go out and play regular venues, like tell me what the link is and how much money I have to give you. And I'm doing that, you know, wouldn't that be helpful? Wouldn't that be awesome? Is that possible for you guys? Yeah, there's a, there's a cost involved of, of course, because uh, the, the setup uh, for the live stream is very expensive uh, actually. So this is why we are uh, always trying to, to balance the the artistic uh, decisions uh, with the the marketing decisions, I, I don't like this word so much, but uh, a way we are always thinking on how can we attract more people to the live streams uh, so we can possibly have more donations uh, because we have a, a high high cost 
to set up the live stream. So that cost uh, would be even higher when we are going to do that on uh, an external venue because uh, we are set up in a studio, in a, in a film studio. So uh, all the equipment, all the eight 4K cameras that are around us, they are all there. When we have to move them to another place, to, to a venue, uh, to do the whole thing and the internet, the connection thing, uh, so that that would certainly certainly that would cost more uh, for us, but uh, that's certainly a, a, a thing that we we've already been discussing because um, lots of of people that watch us uh, through the live streams uh, are from outside Rio de Janeiro, so they they don't know us uh, physically. They 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 didn't uh they they haven't been on on a, a physical concert from black circle uh so they're in the same situation as you guys in the united states for example yeah. uh so that's maybe maybe an option i think lots of uh we we had we had a um uh medium size crowd that would uh, follow us physically when we when we used to to play live, I think uh, we. This is pre Mercury, though. So, so now you yeah. have a whole album to tour on, and you have. Hey, if you don't know, you're working on a new album. So there are there are, there is stuff. People, more people know you. Obviously, many people know how much you crush Pearl Jam and other other bands of the era. Um, I mean, I wonder if 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 you could set up some GoPros here and there and, and get the feed. You know, if if the ticket was 40, 50 bucks US, I mean that's you get enough people mm -hmm. plus the gate. I mean, it might it might be worth it. I don't know. I'd be yeah, there. that's good. Let, let's talk to GoPro. Maybe they send <laughs> they send some cameras to us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's you know, it's to to your point though, Sergio. A lot of these live streams have been rooted in benefit causes, similar to what Anthony has on the twenty fourth. So, I mean, whether it was a friend with cancer, uh, you know. The, the original one for for a friend of Jill and, and Eddie Vedder. Um, we all know the, the, the pre-show for the ER, I'm sorry, EBRP uh, fundraiser as well, which was outstanding. Pearl Jam has, I think, really created a legacy for themselves as a band for taking on various causes. They do take a tiny cut of the ticket sales and they, they, they donate those things. For example, the Seattle shows to help fight homelessness in that area. So I think a great question for all of you would be, what is it that you think helps people bond around a common purpose through music? Because there's a lot of ways that, you know, you could say, Hey, just donate to this cause, you know, sign up, sign a petition, or, or it could be somebody standing in front of your, your, your grocery store, you know, sign this and donate $10. And you'll ignore but, them perhaps. And you'll ignore them, You're but there's something space. about, uh, there, there's something about music that seems to generate a sense of community. So I'm curious what your experience and thoughts are. Uh, why don't we start with you, Anthony, because you actually have uh, a, a fundraiser coming up here on the 24th. Sure. Well, with music in general, you know, with any, any community, you know, the first thing about a Pearl Jam concert 
is that you could be a Republican, you could be Democrat, you can be straight, you can be gay, you could be white, you could be black, you could be whatever you want. And, and for those three hours that bands on stage, um, you are all in a moment of clarity and um, just forgetting life for a moment and it's beautiful and that is what's beautiful about music and that's why i think people follow things like that because there's a beauty behind um, music and how it brings people together that is just hard to explain except the way i explained it, i suppose um and that is what brings people together and i think it's just easy that way you know we don't all have to agree on things but we can all find a way to come together and i think that is what music does it just brings us together and it, it forms that bonding community of just kind of forgetting life for a little bit and forgetting about the troublesomes that we have going on. And what's cool about that is that, you know, it also brings people together in a time of need, whether it's these benefit concerts that have been going on this year or like the one I'm doing on Saturday. Um, it's, it's, it's all for a good cause and all for good reasons. And that's what's, that's what, that's why I love music. And that's why it's special to me. And that's what I love about the community based behind music in general. Louise, do you think that, um, because you've done so many live streams, I think it's like what, 17 now that you guys have done. Um, and a number of them are, are for fundraising uh, benefits. Um, I think one of the last ones was seven, seven total have been Sergio's giving me, giving me fingers. He's saying there's, there are seven or six, six. I can't, I can't count fingers. Everybody. I'm the next idiot. one. The next one would be the seventh. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that's how counting works. I'm, I'm told. Um, so you've done six and then you'll do seven next. Uh, that have been fundraisers. And do you think that, that when you know there's a certain a certain reason why you're there, does that elevate your play? Um, in some ways, I think it does because doing a fundraiser, it um it makes people relate to the to the stories of their lives, you know? So I don't have to know anyone that has Parkinson in order to have empathy for for the the subject, you know. And I guess this is how it works for for most of the of, of for most people, you know. And Anthony said it all. Uh, people really bring together and put their differences aside to to enjoy that moment, you know. So yeah, I, I guess this is this is how we this is how it works. It's how it relates to everyone's lives and experiences. Gabriel, what do you think? Do you, do you find that the fundraising shows um, maybe find a, a, a more common uniting purpose? Um, or do you think, I mean, does, does, the, does the music have an extra special layer to it when, when, the, when there's something really, really behind it? Yeah, I believe that both situations have their spark we have sometimes in the, the shows that didn't bring a bigger message of some sort but that's also the, the place that everybody can bond and just feel the, the the purest embrace that can be from music but when we have a higher cause like we're helping some community or or solve solve some kind of disease you know actually making a, a way forward for future generations, for people that are suffering right now. That brings us together in another level. It's, I would say it's another kind of spiritual level that the music can bring by itself. And I don't know, it's just, you see the best of everyone, just like acting around and 
everybody helping each other and thinking about their their own own hopes and dreams and that sparks on everyone and just everyone's just simply gentler and i think that's best part of all i wonder um let's see if you guys agree with this i wonder if we are we are as a as a species as a as a world i know we're very divided in a lot of ways and and you know the news and and everything do you think there's also a part though where the the younger generations maybe maybe 40 and below um are are more empathetic than previous generations i mean i feel i feel like there's been a lot of fundraisers over the last couple of years and and covid's kind of spotlighted a lot of those because a lot of places are are hurting a lot of people are hurting. We see, you know, local music venues having all kinds of um, charity events. Foo Fighters trying to get, keep the Troubadour alive and all kinds of local venues. And you've got bands trying to keep themselves alive. So there's fundraisers, friends and yada, yada, yada. So do you, do you think that, you know, with music, do you think people are finding themselves to be more empathetic? I'll open this up to everybody. It is interesting theory. Um you know, with me in the event I'm doing on Saturday, it was an idea I had a, about a year ago, um, previous to a lot of this online fundraising. And, you know, I was nervous because I didn't know how it was going to take and I was kind of told it would be impossible. Um, but, it, you know, the more COVID went on, the more it became more, for, you know, upfront and people were doing it just made, made it more realistic for me that it was possible. Um, you know, I think we do living a time that that younger age group under 40, which that kind of suits me. I'm only 36. So I'll take that. Thank you for putting me in the younger age group. Um, <laughs> you know, honestly, Anthony, just, just the look of you right now, you, you are a shining example of youth. I mean, it's you, you, you yeah, that's right. I'm, this is, this is me. I'm filming the Blair Witch three. If you were uh, just curious based <laughs> off the video, um, yeah, well, we don't have a, a live video stream right now. So for those listening, Anthony is in the woods in Virginia. And at first, you know, it was, uh, I guess, dusk. And so we, we saw him with his, his hat backwards, his red, his red Sox jersey, some friends in the bonfire. Now it's just pitch black. All oh, there's there's the a fire. I see fire. The there's fire. Yeah, there's the fire. Yeah. Um, but no, here's the thing. I think that there, I, I think, and I hate to say this, and I might upset some people when I say this, but there is a boomer generation of selfishness that came out. And I think it was because they were built that way. And I can't, get, you know, knock them for that. There was just a generation of people that were built that you have to kind of, you know, you have to worry about the people in your house and you family first. I remember that. And as I grew up and I got to meet people, I think that family term changed a little bit because family wasn't just blood from anymore. It was people in general. And that's when I started to look out looking to friends and people like that and community. Um, and that's when I think we started looking into how can we help other people? And I think that's why the community-based side of things and community with music, it's so simple because you just want to help other people. Yes. And I will say as, as we have gone to 21st century and social media has become more prevalent, you could say that we have become more divided, but I think that younger generations have found um, them, themselves outside of their own bubbles, even if they can't physically be outside of their own bubbles, they, they, their eyes are more opened to other people and other, the other, the other people's plights and situations and et cetera, et cetera. And music is something um, I think people say that, uh, that um, math is kind of like the universal language because everyone knows that it's all the same thing, right? Music is very similar. So if you can connect to music, no matter where you are, it's going to bond you over that. And you're going to want to help the people 
who it affects as well, because they're like you in that way. Um, so going to shows and experiencing that, that the camaraderie together. Yeah. You, that's why you have all those kinds of um, you'll have tents set up at, at festivals. Hey, will you donate to this thing? You're like, you know what? You're feeling it. You're feeling the love. Cause you're amongst all the people that, that think about that. They have this music that affects them in a certain way. And you go, you know what? Hell yeah. Let me go ahead and give you 10 bucks, da, 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 whatever it is. So I think it brings her all back around again to, to your show on Saturday that Black Circle is performing at. I'm not going to give away the songs that they're doing, even though I know. I don't, I don't even know the songs they're doing. I'm not going to tell you what they are. Uh, I'll have to find well, out by watching. I will tell you this, mm-hmm. and I'm an emotional guy in general. Um, as I have been receiving the music this week, because um, all the artists have pre-recorded it, pre-recorded it um, and it's being put together in a segment uh, with some guest speakers speaking ahead of time um, to announce the artist. Um, I have gotten emotional on how much effort and how much thought these musicians have put into, um, into the music. Um, you know, Kevin Martin's Candlebox thing. I mean, his, he did an acoustic version of a very popular song that it, it, it was amazing. Richard Suvarud, um, who I can, this will be the, you'll be the first people to know this. Um, his, he, his song is closing the event. Um, and he did a song that, I mean, um, it really hit home. The lyrics, the, the, everything was just, it was so special. Um, uh, so, you know, the amount of work and, and that all these musicians are putting into it and black circle sent me photos the other day of, cause I just told, I, when I, when I spoke to him, I said, listen, you guys can just, and I've told all the artists, just record off your iPhone, do the best you can. It Mm-mm, doesn't need to not be these special. Guys. And they said, they basically came back to me and they said, well, here's photos of what we're doing. And we're going to need a couple more days because we're really have to perfect this. And I'm like, well, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. Like, no, it's got to be perfect. And yeah, I mean, copper trees today, everything, it, it has been, you know, and I, I, hate, I, I hate to keep saying this for something that I was told a year ago was impossible. And what is, what has come is I, I'm, I, it is humbling and it is, so it, I, it just shows you that there's, there's good people in this world that care because it's just like they were said a little while ago. You don't have to know someone who has Parkinson's to know that there it's a struggle for people and for them to step for black circle to step up and say, Hey, we got you. Let me help. Let me, let me, let me please be a part of this. You know, that that's what's special about music. That's what's special about a band that I've never even met before. I don't really know them. We don't, we've never had conversations before from a band from another country that speaks another language. This is a band that's, Hey, I got you. Let, what can I do to help you? That's what, that, that is why that's special for me to be on a show at, uh, in the middle of the woods in central Virginia, eight 52 in the evening to be talking about this because you guys are supporting something that's special. That's what this is all about. That's what a touring fan to me is. That's what's special about this. This is why this event's very special. I mean, this dude, you know, I don't know if I'll ever see my aunt again with COVID because with restrictions. I don't know if I'll ever be able to go face to face with her before she passes. I don't know if it's ever going to happen. And that's why this event happened because I wanted to give her something for before she passed. And for people, musicians and artists to come together and say, we're going to do this for you. And, and, and I do, my goal was one artist and to have 15. And it's, and this is, it's amazing. man. And listen, I'm a, listen, I'm, and I've said this on my show all the time. I am an asshole with a microphone. I don't know what I'm doing. I make shit up as I go. I'm doing the best I possibly can. I, I'm just doing the best I really honestly can. And yeah, that's I'm basically what Lenny does. So. 
Well, I'm, I'm humbled and grateful and it's an honor. And I, and I'm so, I'm so excited about Saturday. And I, I think it's, I'm for the opportunity and for black circle, part of it. I mean, you know, I'm not trying to get emotional again in the middle of central Virginia. Don't Woods, you go crying on us now, Anthony. You got a black screen. You wouldn't even know anyway, That's um, true. but it, it, it's, it's, you know, we've, I mean, I've already donated $1,800 to American Parks and Disease Association based off our t-shirt sales. We've already raised $1,400, almost $1,500 last I checked before I sat down with you, just off people just randomly donating through this. We haven't even got to Saturday and we're almost at $3,000. That, that money alone is going directly to a family that right now is struggling to pay bills for, to just comfort their family, you know, to get them just simple things you know, that insurance isn't covering. This is going to help them. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's magical. It is, man. And, and I have to say, we can't wait. We're excited for all these acts. Obviously, we're over the moon excited for Black Circle as well. Uh, it, you mentioned how the event will close. You got any, uh, any surprise announcements regarding, regarding guests or the lineup you gave us at the beginning to top off uh, the show? So there is one artist we're waiting to close a deal on. I was hoping to have information today, but man, you know, most bands didn't say no. But a okay. lot of bands were were saying, "Hey, you know, we need more time," or and things of like that. And there's and I really can't I can't really say much about one band. So, but I so you you might have a mystery guest then. There might be a mystery guest, okay. yeah. I, but I, it's it's fifty fifty. But I will tell you, I can give you this. I can give you that Keith Ash is going to be an announcer. Karen Mason Blair, Rick Friel is going to be announcing one of the artists. I mean, we have a lot of great Seattle um, Seattle well known musicians. Um, announcing acts and being a part of the event. Outstanding. I'll take it. This Saturday, April 24th, Facebook Live, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. in Rio on the Touring that's, Fan Live. That's an important information for me. That is a very important <laughs> <Yeah>. information. <laughs> I have learned through trial and error that they don't do uh, daylight savings time, as they shouldn't because it's stupid, but... <laughs> It goes from four to five hours, depending on the time of year. So I have to make sure I know my my time of year, uh, time zone situation thing here. But yes, there you go. Uh, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Facebook Live, Touring Fan Live. Anthony Chriswitz of the Touring Fan Live. He's got a show. He's got a pod, uh, a uh, Instagram, Black Circle. We've got Sergio, Luis, Gabrielle. I know Nick and uh, Lenny send their love. They are busy unpacking their houses. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Again, yeah, thanks thanks for having always us. a pleasure. Love those guys and great meeting uh, Anthony for the first time. That was awesome. Yeah, it really was uh, big heart, great soul. And, um, you know, that, that, that show touring fan podcast can't plug that enough. Definitely encourage everybody listening to go rate review and subscribe over there as well. And I suppose if you have an extra minute, you could always you know, rate review and subscribe for us as well. That'd be nice already. Yeah, that'd be nice. I, I will say, by the way, final aside, uh, Anthony has joined myself and Randy from Live and Four Legs on the Pearl Jam fan club uh, clubhouse chat a couple of times. We had okay. some good good conversations there. Um, so, you know, if those pop up, you'll probably see uh, one of us there. Let's move on, though, to this week's Lyric of the Week. This week's Lyric of the Week comes from binaural and it comes from insignificance.
insignificance. Basically gave you the chorus. You did. Straightforward, but what do you got? Look, uh, there is a, a legacy and a history of defining who we are based on foreign policy. And that foreign policy is oftentimes marked by the opening lyric here, bombs dropping down. <laughs> so, Ugh, yeah. I think that, you know, this is one of those types of things. And, and, you know, I know you're going to go into much more detail about mm-hmm. the origin of the song, where it was recorded and so on, but I can't help but think about history textbooks. And then I know this is going to sound yes. weird, but I was, I was reading recently a great research article about the, the basically history textbooks. It's, it's, pared down to essentially three. I mean, you know, it, it's become monopolized in a lot of ways yeah. where you essentially have three major publishers that produce these things. And what ends up happening invariably is that they, they take the content and they send it out. The academics write it and then they take the content and they send it to reviewers and those reviewers essentially cultivate it to meet the desires and I don't want to call them needs, but they're really ultimately just desires of the various um, special interests of whichever particular state you're living in. Well, and so, the publishers are owned by corporations bigger than them. So there's probably that part exactly. of the problem too, right? And, and so, you know, you can have an excerpt talking about the Vietnam War or the war in Iraq or Afghanistan or, or even the, the Revolutionary War or the Civil War. And the way it's presented in a California textbook will be dramatically different than the way it is presented in the exact same textbook, say, that's published and disseminated in Texas, for example. So we just have to be mindful of the fact that when we have these types of conversations about bomb, and I'm just, just to review the lyric again, you know, underground, it's instilled, the want to live, bombs dropping down, please forgive our hometown and our insignificance. This idea that part of that insignificance that feeling of insignificance is tied to ignorance. And, and some of that ignorance mm-hmm. is tied to the fact that we're being taught information that's not even congruent across our own nation. And I think that, you know, this is obviously a larger conversation that I'm sure will tie into to other songs and lyrics in the future. But whenever I hear this song, I can't help but think about the way we teach history and the way we teach the history of, of, of the United States. And it's very difficult to talk about the history of the United States, because it's a country that was conceived out of a war. And so I think that this, this song really captures some of that. And I know I'm coming at this from a very different angle than, than one that you probably will. But I think as part of the larger conversation, this is something that really doesn't get contextualized quite as often as it should. Well, I'm not coming at it from, from that much different of an angle, but the angle that I'm coming from is definitely connected. Yeah. Um, I felt that this song was very apropos for this episode because in this past week, President Biden here in America announced that all of the troops that are currently in Afghanistan will be out by September 11th, which will be yeah. 20 years since 9-11. Uh, so it felt like it, it kind of made some sense to do it this week. For sure. Um, Timely. The I have always had a big problem with the military industrial complex. And it's one of the biggest is. issues with American government. Yeah. Um, so, it, by the way, funny enough, it's probably the biggest expenditure that we have in this country. Uh-huh. Um, so government spending, I, that, that's, the pro- that's the spending that I have a problem with as far as how much it is. And you think that conservatives would think about the amount of spent towards that. But no, there's a whole 
list of reasons why that that's contradicted. But anyways, um, this idea that we have that we that we wedge ourselves into every conflict in the world if it stands to impact our bottom line is fucking crazy. Sticking mm-hmm. our noses in in messes that we don't belong in, getting involved in things we probably can't win anyways. Vietnam, Afghanistan. <laughs> um, you know, this song was written as you you know alluded to. It was written in a small town or with a small town in mind, I should say. The town is the hometown of Boeing. Boeing is an airplane make, a manufacturer. Boeing makes a lot of planes for the military here in the United States. Mm-hmm. What do those planes do? Well, those planes tend to bomb the shit out of small towns, just like, quote unquote, ours. The people there just want to live just like we here in our small towns also want to live. It's instilled, after all, as the song says. Mm-hmm. Now, as a regular citizen not interested in political disputes, it stands to reason that the people in the small town making the death machines and the people in the small town receiving the death are probably more alike than anyone will ever want to admit. And in the grand scheme of things, as our, quote, leaders, uh, as they play risk, um, we are left to be insignificant, all of us. And I, I think that it's it's pretty fucked up to think about how we've got basically a jobs program. That's what, that's what this military industrial complex is. It's basically the government giving contracts to private businesses to build things for war. Right. Um, there was a famous article out, I don't know how many years ago that mentioned how there are about 4,000 Abrams tanks, just kind of collecting dust brand new in the Nevada desert. They weren't needed, but, but we had a contract, so they had to make them. So I'm not saying that, the people who make those things are bad people. I'm saying that I wish that they had a job building something else. Yeah. I would imagine many of them potentially feel the same way. <laughs> and so there's a bit, a bit of irony, you know, thinking about the people of um, this, this, I forget the name of the town. It's by, it's outside of Seattle um, where Boeing is, is headquartered. And just the thinking about how, you know, these people who are just trying to, you know, make ends meet and they're on an assembly line and that's, that's the job that they could get. And they are in some way contributing to death of people halfway around the world who are just trying to make ends meet, but their leaders are fucking up just like our leaders are fucking up. And it's this, it's this circle of, of death. It's a six cycle carousel. And, um, it's just, it's just really, really unfortunate. Um, that that line it's instilled to want to live yeah that that line always gets me well it's it's intuitive you know all right let's go on to our live card of the week ready to stand up and paul our live card of the week where are we going we're going to Boston, Massachusetts mm. on August 29, 2000. Why are we going there? Uh, <laughs> the reasoning is pretty simple for me. It, it's just an outstanding cut. It sounds great. The band, they were dialed in. Uh, I think the band agrees because they selected this show as one of the 18 eight-man shows from that tour. So they were just on it, man. They, they were really on it. It's a very well-received show. Uh, I read somewhere that... Uh, there was a reviewer, I think, for All Music, maybe. Somebody called it one of the, the better releases of that binaural series. 
And this one knocks it out of the park. It's just a great performance. I think that arguably, not arguably, I truly believe it's the best performance of the song from that tour. All right, let's go to uh, August 29th, 2000 in Mansfield, yeah. Massachusetts at the, at the Tweeter Center.
Well, never had a bad time in Mansfield. Uh, I don't know how many times we have mentioned shows uh, from that location. It's in a funky area. It's like mm. maybe 45 minutes southwest of Boston. And it's like mm. probably half an hour east of Providence, Rhode Island. It's, it's just kind of tucked away. Um, but legendary shows. I mean, uh, was it the quarters incident was there in 98? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the three shows trying to play every single song in 2003. Yeah. One of the longest shows they've ever done. So you knew something was going to happen there. And yeah, there's something about the energy in this cut. And there's, there's always a certain awesome energy from that building, uh, from the people that go there. We spoke to, you know, uh, the guys in, in, in black circle and, and Anthony from touring fan before about, about how fans can sometimes make the venue or make the show. And there's something about what the band receives back from the crowd in Mansfield every time they go in, yeah. in that, in that, area of the country in general it's just really charged i think stone is doing some really cool things on this in the right channel things you'd normally associate with mike um which is a, a fun little um i guess anomaly you call it hmm. and great backing vocals as well so a, a lovely choice it was very charged as the song should be because it, it's, it, it leads me, off this too yeah it, like, it sir, me, like like Luis said right you want you're going to come at it Come at him with a bang. That's a great way to flip that sucker over. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, gang. Well, uh, that's the episode. And uh, more great stuff coming at you next week. We've got an interview coming up with our friend from uh, David from Live and Four Legs. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. David from LiveFootsteps.org is coming up soon. We've also got an episode coming up on the songs you like in the studio more than you do live. Yeah. Which, course, which is a great addendum to the conversation about touring we just had tonight. And we'll flip the script eventually. We will. Maybe right after. We don't know. And do the songs that sound better live in the studio. Yeah. We got it. Cannot wait. (laughs) All right, gang. We will see you the next time. And until we do, you've been listening to The State of Love and Trust. State of Love and Trust.